All right. It was a tough week last weekend, but come on, saddle up. Let's let's talk about it because it's another episode of the Tornado Valley Soccer Podcast. We're going to preview next week. We're going to look forward next week. We've got Real Monarchs coming to town, and I have GM Dan Egner. He will be on to talk about their offseason and what he's looking forward to for his Monarchs here in the 2018 season. Also, we'll review the Black Gold Derby. We'll talk about that. Open Cup announced all the pairings, or not the pairings, but the teams have been announced. So we'll talk about the possible pairings for Tulsa as May will be here before you know it. But first, folks, it's getting a little dark, a little stormy. We've got some rumbling of the thunder. You got to get inside. You got to get away from the blank. You got to get away from those windows. You got to get the blankets, pillows, because it's another episode of Tornado Eyes Sark Podcast. Your host, Roger Graham, here live on Facebook Live. And for all you folks that uh, subscribe to the podcast, bgn.fm, Beautiful Game Network, is where you can find the podcast. Also, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that good stuff. You can find us there. Uh, also, our, our, our episode tonight is sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, roughneckscarves.com, uh, official supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group team at Roughneck Scarves, and that's R-U-F-F-N-E-C-K-S-C-A-R-V-E-S. Dot com, not like Tulsa Roughnecks. It's confusing. I know. I get it. But anyway, I hope you guys are doing great on a Monday night. We have, I have a, a great treat for you folks. We've got special guests on. GM of the Real Monarchs, Dan Edgar, is on to talk about the Monarchs. Dan, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. Just, uh, you know, looking forward to this weekend and, and excited to get a meaningful game underway. Absolutely. Yeah, I know you, you guys, uh, for those that that don't know, the Monarchs had an off week or a bye week, which is kind of a, I don't know, maybe it's a little anticlimactic to sit there and watch all those matches go on. And of course, uh, you've got the parent club was in action and had a very great result against the Red Bull New York. Uh, how, how is that? Just a little unnervy, just sitting there watching matches and, and knowing that your team is just ready to take the field and, and, and get the season started. Yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, with there being seventeen teams in the West, we knew someone was going to have a bye, oh, and yeah, then sure. it just just so happened to be us. Uh, we were kind of bummed about it, and and you know, it's tough sitting back and we're watching the games all day and and mm-hmm. seeing the great crowds that there were across the league in week one, and just the enthusiasm. And and after a long preseason, you know, you're just you're ready for the for the games to mean something and mm-hmm. uh, to have to wait one more week. Uh, you know, it's tough. It's like everyone else getting to open their, their gifts on Christmas, but we've got to wait till New Year's Eve. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah, and I know uh, we, we have a lot going on in the off season and, and, and talking about this season, but I always like to ask, uh, Dan, how, how did you get into soccer and, and, and how did that uh, end up you getting into soccer and now have made a, a career in, in this field? Yeah, so uh, I had, um, when I was in grad school, I was working in, in minor league hockey, mm-hmm. and my boss at the time used to work for the Columbus Crew, okay. and uh, he always told me, hey, if you ever can get a chance to work in soccer, I think you really like it. And uh, so I, I found myself out in Utah, and um, I'd made some friends with the people at RSL, and mm-hmm. then the Monarchs were, were starting, and they were looking to bring some people on right from the start. 
mm-hmm. and I was fortunate enough to to run into some of the the higher ups at an event at the arena I was working at at the time, and mm-hmm. uh, one thing quickly led to another, and fast forward, you know, coming on to my fourth season, and, and here we are. Yeah, yeah, it just it kind of flies by. I was. You know, I've I've been in Tulsa for now five years, and and I can't believe that. And it's I think just as you get older, just that time just starts flying, and and you get busy. I know. Speaking of busy, uh, you had a very busy off season this year, uh, making the move uh, from Rio Tinto uh, to the new facilities um, uh, there nearby the I guess the uh, the facilities, and and uh, you have to explain. You have to tell me the name of the town. Is it Hin? Um, Harriman. Harriman. Thank you. I was like, I know it's an H town. So how's, how's that transition uh, uh, going so far? And I know you probably didn't have a lot of a, much of an off season, did you? No, it was, uh, you know, it was a, a busy off season for us. Um, you know, we, we had quite a bit of turnover on the roster, um, mm. which, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, so that, you know, took up a lot of our time. And then we got into the new facility right at the beginning of January, uh, kind of when we got back from the combine and the draft and, uh, it's phenomenal. We had a formal opening the other day. Uh, the stadium is just about there, but it will, uh, after we play our home opener March 31st at Rio Tinto, uh, the rest of our home games moving forward will be uh, in in Zions Bank Stadium at mm-hmm. the, the Zions Bank Real Academy, and we couldn't be happier. Uh, it's a world-class facility that any football club in the world would be happy to be in mm-hmm. let alone a usl club and we're fortunate that you know we get to share that with our with our parent club with rsl and it's tremendous that we're that we're all together and, and we really think that this new facility is going to elevate the club um from the mls side all the way down to our academy yeah and you know you saw that success or at least i thought it was success this weekend watching seattle you know they made that move to uh tacoma which isn't too far away but still it was enough to kind of differentiate between two, the two clubs and i think that that's very important and 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 i know that i saw the rendering of this i haven't seen the live version of it but the renderings it looked like a really nice stadium it's what about five thousand uh person stadium is that right yeah, it's just over 5,000, so it's like 5,036. Mm. Um, and, you know, proper covered roof on, on each main stand with the, you know, open supporters section behind one of the goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, video board, beautiful views of the, the Wasatch Mountains mm. and uh, really a facility that, that I think a lot of people in the league are, are going to be jealous of because it uh, – it's special and it it's a place that we're going to be proud to call home and think that having, you know, those fans in that, in an intimate environment, our, mm-hmm. our guys are definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. And I think that view that you just said, looking over the mountains, that, that has to be the, the best. I mean, I remember last year at Rio Tinto and you have those views of the mountains in the background. So I'm really excited to see that, see those sight lines and see the, see the sceneries around that brand new stadium there at Zion's bank. So I'm excited to hear that for you guys. I know the players are, and and I know it wasn't easy to get here. So um, as any new stadium is uh, just, just going through the rigmores there, but Anyway, uh, let's talk about on the field a little bit here. I know you said you had a little bit of turnover, uh, and, and there's some of the cast of the characters that, 
you know, I'm familiar with with Velasquez and, and Hoffman playing back. And, and actually, I'll back up just for a second. You know, last season, obviously a successful season, you know, coming, I know maybe not playoffs, and, but, you know, uh, you know, coming in first place of the West, uh, just having a really strong team last year. What do you think really attributed to that transition and having that success in 2017? Yeah, uh, I think we changed our approach a little bit. Um, previously, we'd always been a club that, that really focused on uh, developing players, which mm-hmm. is a great thing, uh, but, but we weren't winning. And, you know, we we wanted to win and develop players. So sure. we kind of we mixed uh, our roster up and kind of had a group of guys that were some USL veterans that have had some success in, in this league with some guys that we felt still needed some time to develop. And we were very happy with the results. You know, we uh, we found that it was a, a better combination for what we were trying to do. Um, you know, we won the regular season championship. And, uh, you know, I always tell people they don't give out two trophies a year in this league, and, and we raised one of them. Mm-hmm. And we developed and signed uh, three guys up to our, to our MLS roster. And... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, that there's not much more we could ask for. That's that's sure. a pretty successful year, and if if you could tell me at the start of every year we were going to do that, I, I would happily sign up. So absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know, you, you said you had a little bit of a turnover there. You know, just going back, yeah, you have some of the same guys there that that were successful last season. Uh, talk about some of those uh, new players that you guys have picked up in the off season that that uh, that you will expect to see quite a bit of playing time this year. Yeah, so we're you know we're ecstatic with with the guys that we brought back and and they were a big part of what we did last year and we're equally as excited for for the guys that we brought in uh you know and before we got to the off season we you know we had our list of guys that we wanted to go out and get Mm -hmm. and and luckily we didn't we didn't really miss on on those we wanted and Mm -hmm. we were able to bring the guys in that we were really targeting uh a couple guys from charleston uh michael chang and, and justin portillo who have come in, stepped right in, fit in with, with the group that we have. Mm-hmm. And we've seen their quality and their class throughout this preseason. Um, can't wait to see them in, in, in real matches, but these are two guys that we have very high expectations for and, and mm-hmm. so far are living up to those and, and exceeding them. Um, you know, you go you go along the back line and we brought in David Diosa from the Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Um David's a guy we're excited to bring in. Unfortunately, in our last preseason game, he suffered a, a an injury that that's going to see him miss some time. Mm. Um, so we brought in Kalen Ryden from the Jacksonville Armada um, mm. to come in and, and step in and, and keep us on track and not miss a beat. And he's uh, been with the group about a week and a half now, and he's looks like a monarch. Mm. Uh, he's He's a guy that has a lot of experience in the NASL and the USL, mm-hmm. and we expect he'll do exactly what we need and fitting great with our back line. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, you know, out on the wing along with with Michael, we have Masa Cashier from Colorado Springs, yep. who is a guy we see with having a lot of upside. He really came into his own. A lot of people forget he's been in this league for three seasons. This mm-hmm. is going to be his fourth season in the USL, and. Uh, he really came into his own last year in Colorado Springs and, you know, had good numbers, but, but his quality was very high. And 
the guy that that we were beyond ourselves to try to get in here and, mm-hmm. and fit in with the group and uh we expect big things out of him and, and think that he's got a bright future ahead of him yeah i was i just i was thumbing through and i go and that was like the first person that, that jumped out at me so i'm very familiar with we, we played colorado springs three times last season and uh and uh Roland Vargas is a, you know, I consider a friend over there as well. And he's, you know, on the broadcast. So he always was trading notes with me and, and his name come up quite a bit as far as people I need to watch out for. And, and people I need to, you know, Hey, if you're not paying attention to him, you will, you'll, you'll pay, you'll make you pay. So uh, seeing him on the, on the lineup and it just looks like you guys are just reloading again, getting, you know, like you said, have those, uh, those keep, key pieces in place already and then just filling in with with good quality there so you know and 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 speak you know going back to you know going first place and 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 you said kind of shifting that uh focus to winning matches versus you know just purely developing talent but which has worked out both ways for you guys do do you guys do you think the team senses that that um that sense of urgency or that extra pressure now that the expectations are higher now uh no not necessarily Mm -hmm. and i say that because the expectations going into last year we had a uh, last year part of our season our roster was almost completely new Mm -hmm. and mike and then mark uh very early on set the expectations for that group extremely high Mm -hmm. and accountability was a big part of everything that that we did Mm -hmm. and the group embraced that and, and really ran with it. And I think this year, uh, the guys who are returning came back hungry and they kind of want to finish what, what we weren't able to in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the new, the new guys uh, to the group are excited to contribute to, to what this group has accomplished and continue to build off of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every, every single player that goes on the jerseys is, is hype fighting and, and competing for a job with the first team mm-hmm. as they should be. Right. And I think that that also serves as, as motivation for them. So it's, uh, yeah, I think so far what we've seen, they, they're living up to the hype and living up to the, the pressure and, and really embracing it. Sure. Yeah. What, what's it like, you know, from, you know, starting out on the road this, this weekend and, you know, uh, and playing against the team, you know, they also made the playoffs last season. Yeah, Tulsa, you know, had a little bit of a ran into some bad luck on the first week, but just kind of what if, what are your expectations for this match? And uh, and just it, did did you get to watch the, the Tulsa match at all last week? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I watched it uh, along with a handful of other matches. And to be honest, I, I fully expected this match to be an absolute dogfight. Mm. Uh, Last year, you guys actually got the best of us. You, uh, you were the only team that we didn't collect three points off of uh, at some point. Or no, that's not true. You're the only, you're one of two teams that we didn't collect three mm-hmm. points off of. Um, and both matchups were tough, uh, physical, and you know expected more of the same. I think mm-hmm. you guys are going to come out and definitely have a, a good crowd and be be energized by that. And uh, you know, for us, it's it's the first game out of the gate, and you know, shake off the nerves a little bit, and and have one that counts. So I'm, you know, expecting a great match and and more of what what we saw last year out of these two sides. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was like, we're, it was one of the, you know, there's, there's things that happen, you know, that are, I don't know if really fluky, but just, you just kind of not, you know, I guess fluky, but things that happen like Orange County and Phoenix tying each other for having four draws in a row. And, and, you know, and, and there are certain teams that you, some, some match up well against others. And it's just kind of interesting to, to watch that happen and, and just, you know, just from a, you know, me being on the, on the data side and, and being kind of a numbers geek myself, it's kind of interesting to see that. And yeah, you're right. I think it'll be a, a pretty, a really close game, uh, a really tough fought match. Two teams, uh, you know, I think defensively minded at times can, you know, but can also score on you if you're not careful, uh, score multiple goals for, for that, for that matter. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. Now, are you making the trip out to Tulsa or, or, or are you staying and, and watching from home? No, I will be there. Oh, uh, cool. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I always, uh, I make a few road trips a year, but uh, I always like to try to make the the first road game of the year, mm-hmm. um, and, and it just so happens to be Tulsa this year, so I will, nice. uh, I'll be out there in the flesh. Nice. Have you ever been out here before? I have. So I've never been to a match out there two mm-hmm. or three years ago. Uh, the league had some meetings out there oh. in the off season, and so I spent a little bit of time down there. Um, for that, but a ne- never for a match. Yeah, yeah, the AGM. I remember that. Yeah, I think uh, if, I didn't get to. I was out of town that weekend, but I believe uh, we have some folks here on the live stream. I, I'm sure some of the folks here on the live stream may have come over there. Maybe had a couple of adult beverages with some of the uh, front office staff of the uh, of all the teams. <laughs> Maybe more than one or two. I don't know. I'm not not just, no, not saying, but they. Yeah, knowing these guys, they probably did. But anyway, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's great and. Uh, Hopefully you can come out here and have some good barbecue and, and some good food. Uh, and, um, yeah, if you, if you're, if you're free, if you're, if you're willing, come on by the, our tailgates, we'll, 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 we'll give, we may have a couple of, uh, adult and non-adult beverages over there waiting for you. So. All right. Love that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like- that sounds like a plan. I uh, I usually don't have too much to do before the match, so I'll uh, I'll definitely try to make my way over there. Awesome, awesome. That'd be great. Yes, and uh, yeah, and uh, and for folks that are here listening, and and I know you're on Twitter, and uh, is is that a good way to to interact and uh, and 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 socialize with you? A hundred percent. They hit me up on the Twitter. I'm uh I'm not too active in tweeting, but I can mm-hmm. tell you I'm on it often. And if if you reach out, I will. Definitely reach reach out back out and uh, never one to, to shy away and, and love interacting with with the fans and and even fans of other markets. You know, sure. it's it's always nice to meet other people around the league and, and learn and how other markets and fans and cities do things and uh, lo- love hearing from from fans from other teams. Sure. And before you go, I, was, I meant to ask I, I on the preview or on their email. I said, yeah, I may ask a lighthearted question. So here's my lighthearted question. If you could sign any player, living or dead or you know past player or whatever, in in their prime, and to, and put them money wasn't who cares about money? Don't worry about money. If you could pick one person, who would you sign right now? Yeah, so this would be uh, I, I like this question, uh, <laughs> and I this might shock you. I would take four Real Salt Lake uh, to sign to Real Salt Lake mm-hmm. in his prime, Dimitar Berbatov. Ooh. Nice. Why? Why him? Uh, I, man, I love everything about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the way he looks, from the way he <laughs> plays, just his general 
uh, how he carries himself. Just, I feel like he could have done a lot of damage in, in MLS in his prime mm-hmm. and at the time would have been the type of personality that the league and the fans really would have embraced and would have been like nothing we'd, we'd seen before. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it, you know, um, I guess, yeah, that would, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and just that, that's uh, usually everyone says, oh, Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. So that, I like that answer because that is outside the box and I, <laughs> I appreciate it. So, <laughs> thank you. Yep. Yep. So there, there you go. Nice. Nice. Well, all right. Cool. Well, um, well, Dan, we appreciate having you on the podcast tonight. And, uh, and like I said, well, I'm sure we'll be in touch and we'll trade. Uh, we've got to play each other again here a little bit later down the road. So uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch and uh, best of luck and, and safe travels to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on and uh, looking forward to, to meeting you guys uh, before the match. All right. Sounds good, Dan. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Bye. That's Dan Egner. Oh, GM of Real Salt Lake, or Real Monarchs, I should say. I really like that answer. Oh, that was a great answer on the question of who would you sign. Um, that because, like I said, usually everybody's I'll take you know Lionel Messi or you know someone that's you know of playing today, and that's that's a great answer. Uh, Dimitar Berbatov. So anyway. All right, well, uh, I'll take a quick break right now, and then we will get into uh, the preview of the Black Gold Derby, and also we'll talk a little Open Cup, Fortuna Tulsa, Tulsa Athletic, coming up next. Give me one second, I'll be right back. It's had Dan Egner on with Real Salt Lake, Real Monarchs of Salt Lake, I should say. I always get them confused. It's, it's It's kind of... The real thing throws me off. So if I said Monarchs or Salt Lake, just ignore me. I'm, uh, anyway, so we had him on talk about the Monarchs as that match with the Tulsa Roughnecks will be at 7 o'clock at One Oak Field on Saturday, home opener for the Roughnecks. I'm excited about it. Yes, sir. And, and Wayne Farmer just showed up here on the live chat. And uh, I'll go ahead and, and segue right now talk a little Fortuna Tulsa and we'll get into the open cup here in just a second. We'll, we'll do a little, little review of the uh, black goat Derby and kind of get my takes from that. And also the USL action this weekend. And we'll have to talk about 21 thunder. I don't know what that is, but we'll talk about it. Maybe some of you folks know a little more about it than I do because apparently I need to watch it and I don't know what it is, but apparently it's soccer related. So I watched the Juventus thing and it was awesome. So anyway, uh, enough of that. So let's talk Fortuna Tulsa just for a second here. And uh, Wayne, feel free to chime in if I mess anything up or say anything wrong. But uh, stadium was announced, uh, I believe that was on Friday or Thursday of last week after the recording. So Friday, May 25th, opener for the weekend for the for Fortuna Tulsa. It will be played at TU Stadium, Tulsa University. Uh, stadium, very nice pitch. I think it was really exciting, really great place there. Have a little tailgate. I think some uh, inflatables, all sorts of stuff going on. And I th- it'll be a great little spot there for Fortuna. And, it, and the opener is against OKC FC. So you get a little bit of a Sooner State rivalry there. I don't know if there's a, nick, a name for it yet or not, Wayne, and maybe you guys are working on that right now. I have a have a like the Black Go Derby or kind of like, you know, something of that nature. But 
Anyway, uh, great stuff there. Also had a signing today. I believe it was today. Uh, we had uh, a local, uh, I believe, um, local uh, Oklahoma State and uh, and I, I think Tulsa Union, Anna Belfer there at playing the midfield. So local talent there. That was something, uh, you know, Wayne, when he talked about it, and Michael Wilson a couple of weeks ago, we had him on and really uh, cultivating that local talent here in Tulsa. So it's great to see local talent there and, and great, great. Uh, you know, there's so many teams. And I think Harold Coons had, had, he had posted, it said there's four Division One clubs here. You've got, you know, all sorts of talent that plays out of state, out of, you know, on the East Coast, West Coast. There's so much talent just here in Tulsa. It's such a, a really a, a, just a huge soccer market and for guys and girls. And uh, I'm excited to see some player announcements and, and we'll, we'll probably get some of them on here in the podcast uh, here once we get a few more folks coming on. So good stuff there with Fortuna. Uh, Tulsa Athletic, again, kicking off their season May 8th, I believe. That's the date. Uh, so tickets still available there, playing at uh, Veterans Park. I don't know if they've had any new signings. I I've been out of the loop a little bit, but they did have the, uh, I guess a couple weeks ago went, or a week or so ago, went to Nashville and had the soccer conference there. And we've been catching a little bit of news there and had so, you know, teams from different leagues, different, uh, you know, lower division teams there that were coming to uh, kind of uh, putting their their minds together and, and coming up with a plan on what what to do best at in their divisions and, and, and really soccer going forward in this country. And I think you'll start seeing more of that, just more of the um, – there's Calissa in the background, everybody. Uh, and you'll start seeing more of that. Uh, it's it's, it's going to take a lot of us to, to get all this going in, in the right direction for sure. Um, so anyway, so let's uh, talk a little bit of Black Go Derby. And anyone who has questions or any comments or anything just here on the side channel, just chime in and, and we'll get to it. But – uh, one nil uh, victory for Oklahoma City. I think coming into this match, you know, I was talking to some folks and I didn't expect to get a result just because just looking at the tail of the tape, Oklahoma City is bringing back a lot of talent, a lot of players from last season. Yeah, they have a new coach, but they had a lot of the same pieces in place and that, and they had a really good playoff run. So my expectations weren't high going into it just because it's a brand new team in Tulsa don't have maybe some continuity and, and we're still trying to figure out what that lineup looks like. We've got a couple of people playing maybe injured that, you know, or not really a hundred percent, you know, just because we're pretty thin right now. And, you know, so that really wasn't a, I wasn't going, Oh, we're going to get in. We Tulsa's going to get in there and, beat these guys 3-0 and walk out of here three points, easy-peasy. Not That was not going to be the case at all. And plus playing at Taft, Tulsa had success. Last season there, that's the first time Tulsa's had success in in uh, at Taft Stadium. So I know that's a tough place to play. And, uh, you know, it's just a way match and, and a decent little crowd there in Oklahoma City. has said it was a sellout. There was a few seats that were open on the – on the, I guess, on the west side, the donor seats, as I call them. Uh, I don't know why I call them donor seats. Maybe it's just a OU thing. I call them donor seats. But anyway, um, but on the east side, it was pretty, 
you know, there's a good crowd there on the east side. And it was finally not 120 degrees at, at, at Taft. So that was nice. And, and actually really good atmosphere, good, good away support from Tulsa and lots of folks in, in attendance in that match. Yeah, I think, you know, they, they go up early. Actually, Tulsa had the first shot of the goal, first shot of the game. Uh, Juan Perez, it was a little quick counter. Um, uh, I think Michael Benz and, and um, maybe actually I think it was uh, Paris G that started out that shot or started that little run, making a, making a pass, a couple passes later, Juan Perez has the ball on his left foot and just he goes off the side netting. But he made a good run there and, and really the first shot of the match. And then a couple moments later, I had a moment where, you know, we had, uh, I think it was Michael Gamble was coming across the middle. It, you know, he just kind of lost, I guess, lost track of Atahini, and he was just sitting right there. Uh, Gamble goes to pass it to the wing, and Atahini just picks it off, runs the other way, and gets the first goal for Oklahoma City. And I believe that was in the sixth or seventh minute. And then, you know, there was a few chances Tulsa had. Uh, I think it was a shot, another Juan Perez. And then uh, I think we had uh, Arce had a, a shot there. But anyway, we had a, a couple of opportunities for Tulsa there early on or after the goal. But really, Oklahoma City's defense really started stepping up and, and they started some counters. Uh, I think Dixon almost had a goal there. Uh, you know, a few minutes later, you know, just a little shaky start there and then not really able to, to, to you know, mount a counter or, or to get, you know, the offense kind of going and, and as may have been to do with, Tol- with Oklahoma City as well, playing tough defense against Tulsa. Uh, you know, you get into the second half and, uh, you know, it, there was that little indirect kick that happened right there at the very beginning of the, well, towards the beginning of the second half. It looked like, I think it might have been Benz or I can't remember who it was, it kicked it back to Serta and he picked it up. I was th- I happened to be over there because I was in line to get some food at the concession, which was like a 30-minute wait. By the way, if anybody from the Energy is listening. Anyway, uh, so I was sitting right there and uh, it was pretty obvious that he picked it up after uh, the Tulsa player kicked it back to him, which is you can't do that. So they had the indirect free kick. And I think Paris was just sitting there on the near on the far post and they ricked one at him and he just hit him in the stomach. Otherwise they would have scored there and it had been two nil. So but anyway, that wasn't to it. And Tulsa survived that. But you know, really didn't you know I think they we had actually Tulsa had more shots on goal than than Oklahoma City, believe it or not. But after that, it was, you know, there was another chance there late, but, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't enough. And, and the, the quality chances there just, just weren't there. And like I said, Tulsa or Oklahoma City really, you know, kind of put the clamps down. But, I, you know, if you're, if you're a Tulsa fan, I think, I don't, I don't think it was doom and gloom. I, I think there's a lot of positives. You have to think this team's going to get better as the season progresses. Okay. Um, one thing that's going to really affect 
Tulsa next match is the fact Francisco Ugarte will not be there. Picked up a second yellow or second yellow there as in the waning moments of the match. I think he took an elbow through an elbow or somehow an elbow got to somebody's face and he was on a second yellow already. You know, just to be a little more disciplined and be kind of careful when you're on that second yellow, of course. And yeah, so we'll be without his services in the Salt Lake City match, which, you know, Tulsa's not exactly, you know, we have a bunch of center backs there waiting to play. I think maybe there's one more center back on staff or on, on roster right now. And unless Chicago sends somebody down or, and I think Chicago's even thin at center back too. So we may have a little bit of a, a little bit of a Frankenstein lineup there with someone maybe playing center back that's not used to used to playing center back. Maybe Riggs, um, Montano should be available in this match. Uh, he wasn't. I think he had uh, maybe some paperwork just didn't get processed, or I think it was something to do with that. He wasn't able to play last match, but um, or I should say uh, they were waiting on paperwork or whatever. Anyway, he wasn't eligible for the last match. Um, and then I think Morton will probably get some playing time as well, the new signing. So anyway, we'll have – we'll see what kind of lineup uh, Coach Valger will put together for the next one. But anyway, it, it doesn't get easier. Uh, you know, like Dan was saying, as a team that won it last year and they're looking to get better and sign some guys from the NASL. He had uh, Sebastian Velazquez, uh Chandler, not Chandler, his last name's Hoffman. Maybe it's Chandler Hoffman. Anyway, he's uh, who scored a bunch of goals for the Monarchs last year. He's coming back. So, unfortunately, the task doesn't get easier. And, it, you know, it's that's just the type of league. This is not going to – I mean, we watched scores last week from teams that, you know, were, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrote off or maybe you didn't think about – and I'm telling you, this this league is going to be competitive. It is competitive. Well, we, we kind of knew that, but I don't think, you know, like Las Vegas Lights got a result against Fresno. You know, maybe Fresno's bad and, and you know, Las Vegas just happened to play a bad team, but they scored three goals on them. They kind of gave up a little bit late and, and let a couple slip by. But, I mean, that's – I didn't – I don't know. I, maybe I was a little – little pessimistic on on Las Vegas but they put three goals on Fresno so we'll find out we'll find out uh, what they look like next week but anyway SPR one Carlton Belmar yeah he plays for those guys so SPR is going to be tough and Reno of course we know they can put goals which is awesome if you have a chance to watch a little bit of that match or maybe catch the highlights you need to because the Real or uh, SPR one four three, and Carlton Belmar put one in stoppage time to get the victory in Reno, and it was coming down like there was a huge snowstorm going on. So, a little little bit of memories of Snow Classico as as they were playing on a snowy field in Reno, and it just, just the snow kept getting you know more intense as the game progressed. So a, a good little backdrop and a very dramatic match too. And one, I think, will have playoff implications. So, uh, But anyway, we'll back up and we'll talk a little bit more about these other matches. Real Monarchs, I'm sorry, uh, Rio Grande Valley hosted St. Louis. And I watched most of that. From, I watched that from tip to, to whistle. And it was, 
it was an interesting match. I thought Rio Grande had the edge on that match, but as it was, they had to split points. St. Louis put uh, put a put a goal in on a set piece on a corner. Uh, Aguilar for the Toros had his first career goal, and he's a, he's going to be a pest, by the way. He's very quick. He and Dale Gard are just lightning fast. Or Delgado, sorry, not Dale Gard. I'm thinking Colorado Springs. But anyway, uh, S2, T2 played. Seattle got the victory there playing in Tacoma for their first match. And I think going forward, that's where they'll be playing at. Uh, switchbacks get the victory over Los Dos 2-0. Uh, and let's see here, OCFC and Phoenix Rising. I was uh, riding back from the match. Uh, Jeff Scholl and I were, and we had the match on, and and uh, Phoenix had the lead going in 1-0, and then OC put one in stoppage time against Phoenix to tie it up. So it was like fourth or fifth consecutive draw between the two, two opponents. Crazy. And then Sacramento getting the victory over San Antonio, which, hey, a lot of people wrote off Sacramento. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're on the decline. They're not as good as they used to be, and, and now they got a result against San Antonio, and now everybody's singing their praises again. It's interesting how that works. Get a big victory at home, and people are ready to put you back in the power pole when they were ready to write you off a week ago. But anyway, uh, good stuff there with the victories. And like I said, it's not going to be easy. This season will be tough. Yeah, as it always is, and I think, uh, yeah, every match you, you can't sleep on any of these teams. You got you got to come and bring you got to come and bring your A game every match. But anyway, so let's take a look at next week's schedule. All right, once it loads up for me. All right, so we have a few matches, some great matches. Uh, let's see here in the East, we have Louisville and hosting North Carolina FC, Richmond Kickers, Indy 11. Da 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 da. We're going to skip past the East here because we don't really pay attention to the East. Colorado Switchbacks hosting the Timbers. Roughnecks, of course, Monarchs. San Antonio hosting St. Louis. So we'll see where uh, St. Louis hangs their hat there. As they go up the road there to play San Antonio. Swope Park Rangers hosting Seattle Sounders 2. Fresno hosting Los Dos. Orange County hosting Sacramento. That might be a, the match of the week right there. Or this one here, Phoenix Rising hosting Oklahoma City Energy. And then the Vegas Lights and the Reno 1868, which Las Vegas Lights, their Twitter account has been talking mad noise all week long. They're basic. I don't know what to think about that group, man. I don't know. It's just almost comic. It's 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 crazy what they're doing over there. But we'll see if they can play soccer or not. We'll we'll know pretty quick if they can get a result against Reno. That I'll I'll, I'll start paying attention for sure. All right. So you want to talk Open Cup? All right. Let's talk Open Cup. So I was doing some some analytics here and doing. I forgot about when I first posted. I, I forgot about uh, Fort Worth being in the Open Cup. Now I was, you know, thumbing through just quick glance at, oh yeah, we're going to play. We Tulsa Roughnecks will play the winner of Oklahoma State Energy FC two 
twenty or the U twenty threes and uh, Wichita. So I forgot about uh, Fort Worth making the Open Cup. So really, you know, based on my calculations, I know. I would say 99.9% chance you're going to play the winner out of Oklahoma City Energy U23 and somebody else. Uh, it's just because they can't play because they can't play the Oklahoma City Energy parent team due to the fact that they're both owned by the same team or same ownership or whatever. So my best guess and my best estimation based off of how the seeds are and, and where the teams are locally – I think I think Oklahoma City Energy would be playing the winner out of the Fort Worth Vesqueros and the North Texas Rayados. And I know that those teams will most likely play each other because they are right next to each other. Now the X factor is, you know, would they move San Antonio to play the winner of that match? Or would they let San Antonio play the winner out of the New Orleans team and uh, whoever they may be playing, which could be the Mississippi Brilla, I think is what I kind of calculated. But I could be wrong there. Um, you know, if they send Oklahoma City, or I'm sorry, if, if San Antonio plays the winner of the two Texas teams, then would they play, send Oklahoma City somewhere else? Would Oklahoma City play the winner out of FC Wichita and whoever they're playing? I, I don't know. So that's, that's the next factor. But the best, but based off of the way it all set up, I think Tulsa Roughnecks would play the winner out of Oklahoma City Energy U23 and Midland Odessa Soccer's. That just seems to make the most sense to me. Now there could be some squirrely thing where they keep the Colorado teams, the UPSL teams, and they play each other. That might trickle down somehow, but I think that that would be the best or the most likely scenario, I should say. So that's what I'm going with for now. And we'll find out as that progresses and as that gets closer, whether that comes true or not. Um, oh, let's talk about the Pick'em. So for you folks that did the Pick'em, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, so I'm going to pick next week. So we'll have all the Western Conference matches lined up and you guys can say win, lose, or draw. Who wins, who loses, or who wins, or if there's a draw. I'll do the same on my end. And if you can beat me, I will put you up for the, the podcast. So, so if you win, you'll be eligible to come on to the podcast. So that will be able, so we'll be able to have a little more. Um, so that'll be a little more of a fun competition. And I think it'll be just good to have some folks on here and, and, and we can chat about soccer. So I always, always enjoy that. So anyway, um, oh, I need to talk about Ja'Cory uh, Hayes real quick. You want to talk about him for a minute? Because he was the recipient of a, how should I say this? So he was part of a rather historic moment as Clint Dempsey received a red card via the VAR, the video assistant refereeing. So for those who don't know what that is, if the ref feels like something happened, uh, whether it may be an incident, infraction, or a goal that may have should have been allowed or unallowed, or a red card that really should have been a red card or not a red card, so they have a chance, kind of like kind of like they do in replays in NFL. 
So MLS has implemented that. And Ja'Cory Hayes goes down and, hmm, how do I say this? Gets hit in the twig and berries. Is that appropriate? Okay, anyway, he gets hit in a sensitive area and come to find out that Clint Dempsey hit him there and Clint Dempsey got a red card. So that's the first time that we've seen that in the MLS. Interesting. And I think they got it right. You can't do that. You do that, you got to get tossed. I'm sorry. You can't You can't go dream on green out there and do that crap. You got. I mean, and it's kind of nice that you have the VAR to catch someone doing that. Because I'm sure in the past, people got away with that and nobody, you know, they, they could keep doing it because no one caught them. So anyway... Good stuff there. Uh, I think that's that's all. Uh, I guess we can go over the MLS real quick. Why not? And uh, we'll we'll go over some of those scores real quick. So I know there's some folks who listen to it and pay attention to MLS soccer. I know that Vancouver got it handed to them by Atlanta United four one. Uh, I, I expect a little bit more for Vancouver, but Atlanta playing at home is like the 85 Bears. I'm serious. They're really good. They're stacked at home. Very few teams can beat them. Um, yeah, I, I, they're just a different team at home. And Oh, and the other match that kind of drew a little scrutiny or some, uh, I guess somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially – DC United has to play at a practice field. And I guess the locker room situation for for Houston was not good and the field was bad. And I think DC United right now is, is currently building their stadium. And I think the construction went a little longer than expected. So they had to play at some like practice field out there in, in, in Washington, DC. The locker rooms, I guess, are just there's a recreation games going on where they were at and they had to, to, to basically change in a, in an extra room or a storage closet kind of area. And DeMarcus Beasley was not happy about it. And I don't know, just, they had to play at a small little venue. Uh, that's the only thing I caught on it. And I think they have to keep going there because their stadium's not done. And DC United wanted to start the, like have all their, home matches at the end of the season to accommodate for their construction. But it wasn't ready, so I don't know. seems like a mess to me. But anyway, people weren't happy about it for sure. But, yeah, they – that was a little bit of a big stink this week on the MLS side playing in some rando little back office area. Uh, but anyway, and FC Dallas got the victory over – uh, San, San, wow, Seattle. If I can talk tonight, geez. Yeah, I guess it's been a long day. It's it's Monday, yeah, but yeah, what can you do, right? But anyway, so uh, FC Dallas got the victory there, and now all my scores are not pulling up, of course. So yeah, so we had a uh, Minnesota getting the victory against Chicago. Chicago started off a little slow this year, guys. Started off with two straight losses. 
Philadelphia hosting Columbus to a nil-nil draw. Riveting stuff there. Montreal getting the victory over Toronto FC, who has struggled a little bit. Struggled a little bit this year. NYC FC, who has not struggled. They're pretty damn good. They got the victory over Orlando. Atlanta, again, beating Vancouver 4-1. Sporting KC getting the victory over San Jose 3-2. The Monarchs, or Real Salt Lake, getting the victory, like I mentioned earlier, over the Red Bull New York. And FC Dallas 3-0 over Seattle. Sounders, LOL. Anytime you beat the Sounders, it's a, that's a good day. Good day to be alive, guys. All right, so I think that will be it for me tonight. We have a lot, unless there's anybody has any questions or anything else you want to talk about. We have so much soccer coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, yeah, there's. Yeah, I, I may do a preview for the Monarchs while we are at the tailgates. I think tailgate what starts at five o'clock. If somebody tells me differently, or but I believe it starts at five. I think some people will be out there probably at noon because. What else are they going to do, right? So anyway, we'll see everybody out there at Tailgates. Come say hi. Tell me you listen to podcasts, anything you want to hear. We'd love to always take suggestions. Anything that you want to talk about, we can. But until next week, I am going to sign off. Thank you for everyone out there. Roughneckscarves.com, our sponsor on the podcast here at bgn.fm is where you can find the podcast. Special shout-out to Mike Mitchell bringing the air horns. I do my own air horn voice. And I appreciate him uh, in in doing all his editing. Takes a village, folks, for sure. So anyway, signing off, Roger Graham. Love you guys. God bless. Take care. Peace.